Hi, everyone. My name is Wendy Manganero, and I am the host of the Wellness and Wealth Podcast. I'm so happy to have you find us. And if you could take a moment and hit that subscribe button, I'd really appreciate it. This is the podcast where we believe when you show up better for yourself as a woman business owner, you show up better for your business. So sit back, relax, and learn from the practical to the woo-woo how to best take care of you. I'm excited you're here to listen, and I've got another great guest, Daya Devi Doolin. I love your name. So I'm going to read you her bio, and then as always, we'll get started. I'm really excited that she's here. Daya Devi Doolin is known as a doctor of thought. She and her husband, Chris, founded the Doolin Healing Sanctuary in 1989. They offer alternative modalities of healing and teach gentle hatha yoga. She has been practicing and teaching for 60 plus years. She was a registered yoga alliance teacher, E-R-Y-T 500 for 14 years. She has been a certified Reiki master teacher since the 1990s. Chris and Daya are musicians and songwriters and have authored two books together, Smile America and Hidden Mana, a book on dreams. She's also an ordained minister, a certified body talk practitioner, a global spiritual healer and counselor. She has assisted thousands of clients through workshops, lectures, TV shows, interviews, and personal healings worldwide since 1989. She is the author of nine books, most recently, I Am Power, Growth in While You Asleep, Yoga Meditation, Spirituality for the African American Community. If you can breathe, you can do yoga. She provides lectures, demonstrations, and workshops on metaphysical topics. Oh my gosh, that is quite the bio. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. And we had a pre-interview. We actually met through LinkedIn and talked a little bit. And we are going to dive into the idea of what thoughts can do for us and how it can change us. And I'm really excited about this. So first question, in your experience, are people more likely to have positive or negative self-talk? The number of people I see and hear about tend to be negative and don't realize that they are. I would like to say the other way around is they can have more positive thoughts, but there are not too many people that I've met in the work that I do. And that's why they come to me to get straight. They don't know why they're in the bind that they're in. They have no idea that their thoughts create their reality. So that's interesting because I, I tend to believe that's true based on people I've talked to also. So in your experience, do you think it's a cultural reason? Do you think it's a background? What do you think is the reason for that, that we have this tendency to have negative thoughts? People aren't brought up to feel and know and realize that their thoughts are what make their reality. Nobody teaches that. When you get in your 50s or 60s or whatever, and you're having difficulty, then you begin to wonder, well, what's going on here? But there are no schools. I won't say there are no parents, but there are very few people that I have met that realize the importance of why they are where they are in their realm of reality. They want to blame it on somebody else or something else. But I've come to know spiritually, and I'll be speaking with the Spirit, God, one source. It's not like anything else. It's nothing else that brings us into where we are. Whether or not we, we know why we're there in the situation, that is the case. That's the realm of it. Do you think it's important to know why, or do you think it's more important to get there? If you don't know why you're there, then it's important that you know why. Maybe not help, but knowing the thoughts that you have, like 
in our book called Hidden Manna, knowing why you're there, knowing why the situation is happening. Our dreams always reveal what the ego is yapping about in our minds to make us bring us a situation that we may not like. But if you want to stop in the tracks, the ego is squawking, then you have to start listening to the Holy Spirit within us. And there is no one on earth that does not have Holy Spirit guiding constantly, but they're just not listening. And they, they, sometimes myself, I could have done something on Sunday I didn't want to do, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And that's confirmation. My husband asked me if I did such a thing, such and such a thing. And I said, no. And he asked me why. And I said, I didn't want to talk about it. But I knew it was right, so I did it. And I felt good about it. And I got confirmation that it was the right thing to do at that time from another person that was involved. It really made me feel good to know that I didn't know why I was supposed to do what I didn't want to do and why it was important. That's great because I get that. I get like that. I'll go to do something and I'm like, I don't really want to do this. Pick up the phone is probably one of the big, it was like, I don't want to pick up the phone and talk. But I feel better when I do it, listen to that nagging voice, do the right thing. And it's not in all cases, but do the right thing. And I think that we've been taught to ignore that, like that little voice, because it's easier to ignore it than not. Yes, we have been. But fortunately, those who do listen, they always feel that better off. Listen to that voice, that soft, quiet voice. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit that's whispering in our ears. And it's not loud and raucous like ego's voice. Ego wants to really yap and yell and blame you and complain about things. It's not going to bring happiness if you listen to that. And you can't listen to ego and listen to the Holy Spirit. It's just not possible. You need to do one voice or the other. You follow one voice or follow the others. So that brings me to this question. Are all negative thoughts obvious or can you share examples of everyday things that people think that are more negative than positive and they don't even realize it because it's so either culturally or it's nature versus nurture, but they don't realize that it's just common to the point we're so used to negativity that we don't even know what thoughts are when you wait. Yeah, because it's not written on a paper that this is a negative thought that you're having, or this is a negative situation that we want to choose to go into. It's not written on anything. Thoughts are quiet, they're substance, they're energy, they're power, and they work so quietly that you not even realize that maybe that situation, even though no one has asked me, like, my opinion regarding depression, it's going to a path, deciding, making this decision. To go on a path of self-destruction, in my opinion, and not wanting any help or not believing that you can get help. Get out of the jail or the prison that, that you seem to be in. Don't work well with people like that. And I know right away who I can work with and who I feel. And so, for an example, I used to work for um, an organization. I don't recall which area of the world that came from. I think it was over in Poland, but I'm not sure. Anyway, I would offer a free gift of healing to people who came to the station to listen. And sometimes there'd be 15 people, sometimes more. And so I would, as their names would come up on the screen, I would ask the Holy Spirit who needed help that particular session. And I'll have a pendulum that I'd use. And the pendulum would stop when I would, in my mind, I would go over these names. And then I would call out a, a person's name. and the other people would listen. The audience members would listen. So I called this one particular lady and asked her what her father was. 
And she said that her spirits were down. She didn't laugh anymore. She said that she was, she had been engaged and her husband was murdered two weeks before the wedding. And she just could not shake the feeling of being depressed and not happy anymore. I did some work with her on the air and I did some Reiki, let me put it down. So in less than 10 minutes, I asked her some questions and she had a yes answer for the questions that I had asked her. And uh, she explained to everybody how much calmer she was, how peaceful she was, how much happier she was after the session I had with her. And then a week later, she wrote to me and she said that for the first time she had started laughing and she was just so happy. She couldn't tell everybody who was over on the air at that time, but her demeanor, her mental state, her physical and spiritual state had improved to like 100% because of the work that we did. And she was receptive for it. So that's what made it possible for her. When you say you don't believe, but you're asking for help, you're not going to get the help because you closed yourself off from it. You closed yourself off in mind, from spirit, and believing themselves. Nothing will change for you. You can't. Like I said, you can't hear the Holy Spirit and the Father. And if you're not listening, you're willing to accept what your prayer is offering for so you. But she was really thankful that she had come on the internet. I think there's something too that I think that you have to be ready to receive. And you meet people and they complain or they're negative and you walk away exhausted from them, right? You can walk away like exhausted from their energy of negativity. And you try a little curiously, you thought about it this way and they go into a barrage of why that's not possible. And that negativity, if you're not armored yourself against that, you can start to go start thinking that way. Or you could be armored yourself and just walk away and go, they're not ready and not take it personally. Some people are just not ready to change their thought. And you're right. They've gotten themselves so close that they can't hear anything. And I've learned you can't force people to hear when they're not ready. That's exactly right. I had a client come. She wanted me to teach her after our session. She wanted me to teach her. So I taught her at first level and she explained that she wanted to know how she could help her husband. That's why she wanted to learn Reiki. When she was her husband's second wife, he had developed cancer and she wanted to help them to heal. And she felt like she could help them once she knew a little bit about what to do. So in further talking with her, she said that his first wife had cancer and she was in surgery and the doctors in the surgery department were responsible. He believed they, they were responsible for killing her during or after surgeries. And he didn't forgive the doctors who worked on him. And I had explained to her that the physical problems that we encounter are the result of past thoughts that put us in this predicament. You know, first they're involved in the emotion and then down to expressing through our physical body. And so she had wanted to help him through Reiki to heal from cancer. She didn't want him to die. He eventually died because he didn't believe that what she was doing was possible to heal him. He wanted to hold on to the anger and unforgiveness. And I explained that to her colleagues. That works. She never wavered from her position in her mind from how Reiki can help her and people that she loved. She was thankful for the decision. I just want to bring up and ask you this, because as we talk about self-talk, forgiveness is a big part of it. 
forgiveness of others and yourself. What's your stance on that, of how powerful that is on how we do That is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and for others. And to get yourself out of a prison, I have a book called uh, Dabney's Handbook on A Course in Yearfields. And it's a cartoon figure, a little girl, a woman, but she's small. And she has happy thoughts. She's in a, enveloped in a, a bubble of happiness and protection. And one of the situations that she comes across is a co-worker did feel digging a bigger hole, a big hole for another co-worker. And she can't leave the hole that she's built for the co-worker. She can't leave it because once she does, the co-worker will come out of the hole. So you have to stay there. She has to stay there, making sure she didn't get out. So she's in a prison as well as a prisoner in prison. And so I explain that, I share that cartoon with many people at different times. But in the book, all the cartoons are dealing with how do you respond to A Course in Miracles lessons. Because A Course in Miracles has 365 lessons that you follow each day to live in love and not allow ego to think that you're not living in love about changing the thought patterns. But you know that you are loved. So for entrepreneurs specifically, because obviously you're an entrepreneur, how can changing their self-talk help their business? Because I think a lot of times there's a separation between what we think we do for ourselves and then how we can bring it into our business. And we don't realize, especially for women, that we're whole people, that we're not separate. But how do we bring that idea into our business? There are a lot of ways to do it. One is to know that you're not separate from people. You're not separate from God. You're not separate from the universe. The universe works with us, works for us through our subconscious mind, which is the same as the Holy Spirit. So whatever you've been given to do, is it's a gift for you to do by spirit. So when you veer off track with that, then you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to help people because you're not involved in loving people. You're not involved in knowing that you, Christ, and Christ loves everyone. The Christ within us, put it that way, loves everyone and everything. And when you deny that, you're denying who you are. You're denying that you have any power to affect and change in others. So if you're a woman entrepreneur, you have to know and realize that this is a gift to you. And the package, the whole package of being an entrepreneur, it's given to you as well at the same time. I had no idea, for example where my first book was going to go or what it was going to do to help people. I had no idea who to reach. I just knew that I had to finish it. The book, which I had put away for eight years because somebody told me it would never sell. Here told me that it would and there'd be no problem and that I would have an angelic being to help me all the way through the book. And so that happened. And if I had just let it sit in the file cabinet down in the bottom drawer, then it would not have been doing its job that we have been to do. And it has allowed me to meet hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and to realize that, like one person that wrote a review said that my book put bullet holes in your mind so that spirit would just flow through and heal them. It was a very nice, uh, very beautiful, really great message. That brings me to a good question that you just brought up. If you would have listened to that one person as opposed to listening to your spirit and your inner self, it could have changed everything you did. And I think that it's important to listen and have mentors, but I think it's more important to listen of who sometimes who's speaking than what's being said. Yes. Yes. 
Who's speaking of your attention? I believed, like, that's all I got to say was this book would never sell. And I believed it's called Super Vitamins, How to Stop Saying I Hate You, Not to Yourself. That was my first book. And the Ascended Master that spoke to me and told me to go ahead and that I would always have help. And it was true. When I was told that I would be helped along the way, I was given the chapter names, the chapter titles. I was given one information was to go in each chapter. Then when the book was finished, I was told how to get it published and just everything. What bookstores to approach. And it just comes, like I said before, the whole package. When we get an idea in spirit, the whole package of that gift comes with it. And it's seeing little popcorn pieces on the ground and forest. You go and you pick up each, each one and that's gifted so you know what to do, where to go, who to see, who to talk with, and just out there. That's beautiful. I think that there's something to the idea that when we are more God conscious, we're able to see all of the little bits to to take us to the next thing. We're blocked. We listen to other people. And then when we're unblocked, every door opens at the right time. Yes, exactly. And we don't have to force it, Olsen. It's right. We don't have to force anything. I was like mindful verses or spiritual versus practical solution. What is one helpful step someone can take to start to think more positively when they catch themselves thinking negatively? Or maybe somebody else points it out to them. So how do they stop it? Because I hear a lot of, of the women I talk to, or they're like, I tell myself to stop it, and then I don't stop it. <laughs> they seem to focus on it more. So what's one thing that they could do once they start to notice that how negative they've been? Forgive this comes in here. And when you forgive yourself, then you are given the tools of what to say, basically. A good time to forgive yourself for negative self-talk is before you go to sleep and your subconscious mind will work on giving you and sharing with you thoughts that you could hold. And again, dreams will be very important here because they will definitely show you the kind of self-talk you've been doing and using and how to move away from it. And they're very specific and explicit too. I forgive myself, for example, for the negative self-talk that I had today or when I was talking with that person. I'm thankful. I love myself. I'm an excellent entrepreneur. I work daily in listening to what to offer to people and how to be and how to be. So we go to bed with those kind of thoughts and wake up because the universe has a lot to give you that day to prove to you that you have to give me. But if you keep saying different things in the same negative way, you haven't learned anything from the dream or from you. But you have to be willing to give up and let go and be the new person, the resurrected person. That's great. I can't remember who told me this, but they said to me, Wendy, the thoughts you fall asleep with are what you wake up with. And you were just saying that if I'm reviewing my day and it was all terrible and there was nothing good about it, then I'm going to wake up feeling the same way. But if I can review my day and find out what to be grateful for, like all of that stuff and say positive things or listen to something positive before I go to sleep, then I'm going to wake up more in that mindset of positivity. Exactly. Yeah. Our subconscious mind, while people don't know it, is, is our gene, our best friend. It will do and offer any situation, any tool that we're willing to receive. We ask for help, and then we say, when it comes, it doesn't look like it's supposed to look like. I wanted the red bowl on the right-hand side of the box instead of the one that's on top. It doesn't work like that. That's very true. I've experienced that. <laughs> and there's truth to that, too, if we are open 
then it may not look like what we think it's supposed to look like. A lot of times it's much better. I always think of life as live forward and learn backwards. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I hate to wrap up, but we're going to have to. I know that you have an offer. Please tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and learn more about this, your books. And so how can they do that? On Facebook and Twitter, under Diet Baby Doolin, call one word. And uh, my email address, people can reach me that way too. It's P like fall, A D like David, A R A N, Fadiran at Fadiran.com. That's email. And the uh, website is Fadiran.com, B A D A R A N.com. That'll lead you to books, or other things like our music, like for our music there too. So if they want a book, they can just email me or go on Facebook and contact me that way too. Thank you again. Okay. Thank you too.